0: I want to share the story of how I healed my period cramps and my PS symptoms. Um, it was an amazing experience, and I wanted to talk about it because a lot of women that I work with, when they heal these issues like heavy bleeding, cramps, PMS, um, they do a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get, it's expensive too. You're buying herbs, you're buying supplements, organic food. You have to remember to take your products. A lot of women have that issue. They forget to take them consistently to get a result. Doing body treatments, aromatherapy. It's it's work and it can take two to three months. I tell most women to really change an imbalance of hormones two to three months. But for me, I had an experience of just shifting my consciousness. And after that day, like one day... I didn't have any symptoms anymore so that was amazing and I've been able to witness thousands of healing miracles like that over my career I started training 30 years ago with my aunt's best friend like family close family friend is a famous doctor so I had to sit next to her side by side and watch people come and heal and what they did how they changed their habits their thoughts their lifestyles and their emotions and sometimes healing can just happen in an instant so for me how it started was I, I never thought about, I never worked on healing it. I just thought it's a part of life. I was just taught, like, you just take Advil. My mom was actually mean to me when I got my period. And I was taught, I mean, I want to, I want to share that story because in order to heal your period, you really have to heal how your first period happened, or we call it the moon, your moon, how your first moon happened. And when I got my period, I didn't, Have a good long with my mom, and my dad was abusive, and so I was not close to them emotionally. I got my period and just got went into her closet, got some a pad, and that was it. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my best friend. Didn't tell anyone. But what happened was, we had gym class, and then when we had swim days, we had to swim in the pool. We had to wear their swimsuits, which really upset me. They're the awful polyester things, and it was so weird thing. We had to undress, get in line, and they'd hand us a swimsuit, and we'd change. And I didn't want, I was shy. I didn't want to even know I had my period. So i tried try to wear a tampon. But for me, wearing a tampon was horrible. I put it in, it hurt like hell. And then my body just started to spit it out. So I was like, I, I don't even know how to deal with this. So swimming was really awful for me trying to do this every time we had class that it happened on my period. So I went, The the teacher noticed and she said, you can just get a note and you don't have to swim. When you have your period, I was like, "Oh, good! I was relieved." I go home. I ask my mom, "Hey, mom, can you write me a note so I don't have to swim during my period?" And she just began to yell at me. She was like, "You're not going to take the day off and lay in bed like those lazy women who just feel sorry for themselves. Take some metal put on a tampon. You're going to go there and act like the boys and be with everyone else." And I was like, "Okay, then." And that was the end of discussion. We never talked about it ever again. So that an experience like that imprints into your emotional body. and and that was the start of it. So then that was what, age twelve, and then I went to naturopathic school when I was thirty, so eight years later, eighteen years of laying there with zits, eating too much chocolate, being having cramps, being uncomfortable, missing days of work. Some women are completely incapacitated. Like my roommate in college, she would take shots of tequila to deal with her period. So, I started school and one day I, I love school. It was like the best time of my life. I love naturopathic medicine. I think it's the best. And one of my friends said, Hey, jump in and sit on this lecture from this Native American teacher. She's guest visiting in gynecology. I said, Okay, great. I sat down and she explained. She was in the training the Lakota tradition. She explained what happened normally when women would get their first period in their in the tribe, in their tribes. They said that. Everyone would drop everything and have a three-day celebration for her So first off coming from the way I was raised that was patriarchal. My mom was a domestic slave We were screamed at and yelled at to oh the minute you have your period everyone's going to stop everything and have a three-day party? I mean, in in U.S., we don't have a three-day party for hardly anything. Christmas is only, you know, one night and one day, right? Except like in Hinduism, I have a lot of Hindu friends and they have festivals that are three, six and nine days long. But first off, when she said that, something just happened to me. I just started, I was in shock but I could feel my body like vibrating, like, well, there's another way of life out there other than how it is like I was raised that you know we live in a sexist uh, culture that patriarchal culture that denigrates women and you just figure that's the way it is and even like the me too woman movement and why women don't tell I mean I was sexually abused you don't tell anyone because you're just like that's the way it is no one supports you in speaking up so you accept life the way it is so when she explained to me that the tribes did this So then I thought, well, well, I want to imagine this. And she described it. She described it how um, people would come and bring jewelry and put their jewelry on her. And I thought, oh, to adorn her so she feels like a goddess. And and she said, no, they put their jewelry on her because they considered her to be in such a holy state that when they got the jewelry back, they would be blessed by her wearing it. And so that blew my way. That sent another shock wave through my consciousness that a woman, a girl, uh, could be a woman and a girl could be revered that much. And this process of bleeding could be revered that much. So in the Native American traditions, they have rites of passages and ceremonies to commemorate different transitions in life, which is a beautiful thing when a woman goes from being. What do you call a maiden into a mother where she's able to create life? When you think about it, this is a sacred, sacred thing. So I love that they taught me this. So she kept teaching. And then the next thing that blew me away was she said, Well, when as women got older, when they would bleed, they would, it was considered her most powerful and intuitive time. And so she talked about a woman's intuition, which I had never um, even thought of, because like I said, my dad always yelled at my mom, like, you're no good. And if I wasn't here to take care of everything, you know, things will fall apart. Like I'm, I'm it. And you're nothing. We're nothing. And that's the consciousness I was raised with. So the fact that the women's intuition was powerful or important and her dreams and her visions, but they actually th- that said that the nomadic tribes, in order to decide where to go which is really crucial to find water to avoid dangers they based it on the women's intuition during their period so she said because of pheromones women tend to bleed at the same time they would go into a separate tent and bleed together and rest and the men had to do all the cooking cleaning and take care of the kids and that blew me away i was like what i'm like i never saw a man do the dishes in my life i never saw a man cook like I never understood why well all the women like most of the women where I grew up both parents worked actually in middle class America my mom and dad got up we all got up 6 30 my mom went to the job at eight got up at four was home by five 5 30 and then she had to cook clean shop and take care of three kids and all the women in my neighborhood did that and the men didn't they were out golfing watching the newspaper sleeping whatever and I, I was just like this doesn't done, this doesn't seem right to me this doesn't seem fair to me I don't understand why we have to work five times harder than men and get paid one third that they do. So anyway, I began to imagine a different way of life and imagine this way of life. And I was like, wow. So they said also that we become, so our intuition is heightened and we become more sensitive and that you shouldn't be doing worldly duties that you can go into this mystical time and be nurtured and cared for. And the wisdom that you gain during that time is precious. It's like a precious pearl. And that so imagine a, a way of life like that, where the men let the women guide them with their wisdom. And to me, I don't I don't think that I think it should be that we're equal and that it should be a circle and should be hand in hand tools. But I do feel that I th- do feel I was raised to be like a man in a woman's body. I was acting like a man in a woman's body and I wasn't myself and I didn't know how to be feminine or how to be nurturing at all. I was really athletic and I was extroverted performer. But so I anyway, this lecture blew me away. And the one last piece of this I want to share is that she said when the Christians came and they forced the Native Americans into boarding schools, um, if a woman, if a girl got her period when she was not at home with the tribe and was in a boarding school, she didn't get the ceremony those three days when it first happened. So as the as this happened over time, in the tribe, you'd have a group of girls, part of them had that ceremony because of timing and some of them didn't. And even if they did it later, you can't capture like those first moments, right? So there's a thing we have in medicine called diagnosis shock. Like when a person gets bad news, how they relate to it imprints into them and it kind of poisons their consciousness. And it has to be reframed or undone for a person to heal. Like that's the first thing I do when someone comes to me with a terminal condition or a incurable condition. They're like, I have this. And then they think that's forever. And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. We could transform that. You can erase it. It, I've seen it happen many times. And so we can change the way we think about our period and what it is. And I turned to my friends and said, I'm going to reclaim this tradition. So for three days, During my period, I'm not going to cook clean work. And I'm actually going to just be in silence and I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to create my own little moon lodge, what we call it. And so just so you know, and if you want to bring me food and flowers during that time, you can't. So I did like not long after that, I got my period and I got, I got a little excited and I made sure that the house was clean before I did this. I made sure like my homework was done, the house was clean so I could just rest and it was an amazing, amazing experience. That day changed my life. But that's not the day that changed, period. But I, I did that. So I said, I'm going to stay home for three days. And what I noticed, I learned many things during that time, but I learned the power of a retreat. So for the first day that I did it, I, I turned all the phones off. I found for the first six hours, I kept going like this to see if anyone called. And I just thought, that's look at how I felt like we live our life like a dog with a leash. Our 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 iPads and our phones, our computer and our email is like a leash. It's like I need you, I want you. What are you doing? Look at this. Look at this. Buy me. Talk to me. And we're we're like a, we're on a leash. And I said, how can you go within? How can you learn to listen to your own wisdom if and if you are like that? So what happens when you go on a retreat? It takes time to even just go within. But after I started stopped caring, (laughs) if anyone called me or not, I started to go in within and listen to myself and I started to relax. And I started to realize how much we're addicted to doing this and being busy. And and I still am guilty of that now because I love what I do. So I work long hours because I just love it. But I, I do, I learned how to just do nothing and be okay with it and get, I went into this amazing, creative, creative space. But I also, I mean, there's a whole, that whole retreat experience was one thing, which was really amazing, which I could talk about more. But what I want to talk about was the moment when I healed the cramps because the cramps I had, I just, I just remember one day when I had cramps and I was laying on the couch and they came on and they were really painful, really uncomfortable and they would come in waves. It wasn't like constant. And I had just had naturopathic philosophy class where we we look at the body and illness in a completely different way. And the main thing that I was contemplating was a symptom is just a message. It's just a signal your body talking to yourself. So it's not good or bad. It's just a message, but we're not listening. And I thought about that because conventional medicine, the main thing is identify the symptoms, give it a name, give it a medicine and suppress it. So that's why people are on their prescriptions forever and they never heal because they don't, one, they don't know that something can be cured. They're not given the concept of it and that's all they get. So the concept of The symptom is something to be listened to. So I sat on the couch and I was about to get a painkiller. And I said, no, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and listen and talk to my body and be like, what is it you're trying to tell me? So that was my quest. And I think it took maybe like, you know what? I'm not going to stop the video because my dog is part of my life and she wants to play. So girl, can you wait five minutes for mom to talk about her period? Thank you, girl. Okay, good. So, (laughs) So she... I want to tell the story because a lot of the books and a lot of the teachings that I learned are lost. They're no longer teaching them. They no longer allow them in the schools. It's not being passed down. The medicine that I learned that really works is folk medicine. So, so any case, what I'm sharing is, so I laid there and it took, I swear to God, maybe three hours and I was wrestling. You know, I was just like, ugh. No wonder people don't heal because this is painful. So I sat with the pain and I'm like, what is it? What do you want? Why? And I just put my hands there and it's just like meditating for the first five, 10 minutes. Your mind is like this. And I finally sunk into my body and my pelvis, my uterus, my ovaries said, leave me alone. And I was like, leave me alone. What? And they're like, stop doing stuff to me because actually I had learned how to do womb cleanses. So for women who have cysts, and uh, tumors and uh, reproductive problems, you can heal them by doing a womb cleanse, and it's a whole program. You go on a diet, you do a bowel cleanse, but then we actually put herbs up into the vagina, and actually draws out toxins, and you can actually draw out cysts and tumors for women that don't want to have them cut them out. And again, that medicine has been lost too. But I was on a mission to to try it, and I tried it on myself and my women's circle, and it was really, really. It was a fun exploration, but I was being, I was doing it and I didn't have illness. So I was like experimenting and it was, it was like too much for my body. So my, my, my vagina said like, and I call it Yoni. We don't, I don't use the word vagina, but we call it Yoni, which means it's a more sacred term in Sanskrit. But anyway. I was like, okay, I'll stop poking stuff up there and experimenting (laughs) on myself. So it said, leave me alone. I'm like a self-cleaning oven. I'll heal myself if you leave me alone. And then the next thing that came to me was, I hate what men are doing to my body. I hate the type of sex that they want to have. And I grew up and men, I mean, boys, boys in my neighborhood used to attack us violently. When we got breasts, they would pinch they do pop titty twisters they would dig their fingernails they would run up behind you dig their fingernails in your whatever little nubs you had pinch and twist as hard as you can it would leave blue marks, black and blue marks and they would run and laugh and we were at that stage where we didn't even have a bra yet it was a really awkward uncomfortable stage so that was not fun they used to grab our butt then after school they'd play hide and go seek which meant like four guys would tackle you and try to rip your clothes off that wasn't exactly fun either But one time that they started to escalate in the violence that we experienced, um, I later asked the guy, confronted the guy who did it, and he said, yeah, we were watching porn in the house before we came out and did that. One time they came out of the house, and one of them had a gun. It was a BB gun we later found out, but it looked like a gun. But we always hang out on the street because our parents, and we got home before our parents did. And they would come out, and they just, the one guy shot my girlfriend in the ass. BB went into her butt, and the other football player went after me, and I was like, what the hell? And they would just do violent things to us. And we never talked about it again. It's that culture of nobody listens to it. Nobody cares about our bodies. I guess this is the way the world is. We just have to put up with it. But later when I started to date boys and try to have a boyfriend, I mean, men learn what's supposed to be the art of lovemaking from pornography, which subjugates women, that puts them down. You know, oh, I want to spank you and do this to you. And I'm like. That's not lovemaking. It's degrading to women. Not that I engaged in that, but even I just had a loving boyfriend and having sex, but it was too fast and too rough. So most men, they hump women and I think that people should learn Tantra they should learn I like the Taoist methods of love making and actually I, even one day I looked up this video online because some woman told me her t-shirt was Ocho Ocho and he had a video on how to make love to a woman I'm like oh let me let me read this and see what he has to say and it was hysterical I, I suggest you look it up and he goes first of all You Americans doing missionary position, men doing push-ups on a woman is violent. It's too rough. Don't do that. He's like, you know, first of all, there's not enough foreplay and it's too rough. And women penetrate, men penetrate women before they're ready. Okay. So these are the three problems that I see. Women want longer foreplay. He says they should be on top first. Okay, whatever. But anyway, having a person on top of you thrusting inside of you in a rough way the body doesn't like it, but you can be sensitized and brainwashed and programmed into anything and and act like you enjoy it or believe you enjoy it, which is fine. A lot of women will disagree with me. They, they like it. They do whatever, but your body and your soul may not like it and the body may not like it. So I believe uterine tumors, ovarian cysts, uterine cysts, all the problems that happen here. A percentage of them, a part of it, can be like you just, you on a deep soul level, don't like what is going on between you and your partner, whether or not you're gay, straight, whatever is going on. And it's too rough. It's not honoring. It's not what your soul really wants. And so I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to listen by and take a break. Take a break. Learn to be alone. Learn to be with yourself. Learn to get to know yourself. I never got to learn to know what I like because men were always attacking us doing what they wanted. Never even asked if we were satisfied. In fact, a lot of men, it's over in five, 10 minutes and they fall asleep, pass out and start snoring. I mean, I hear it all because women come to me I, in my women's circle. I asked women, how many of you let your man do stuff you don't like and he's really going for it, thinks he's doing something, but you don't want to tell him and you just tolerate it. Every woman raised her hand and I thought, the poor guy you know? So what is needed to heal is this compassion. Like we need to have compassion for ourselves and to say, I'm a woman, I'm soft, I'm gentle, I'm curvy, and I need some time alone. And I need to be soft and slow sometimes and gentle and have compassion for the men and that nobody gave them a manual and told them how to deal with us and our moods and, and that they don't know what to do. And that some of them are insecure and and that we live in a culture where people are trained with pornography, so have some love and compassion. But in any case, the moment that... So that was maybe three hours, one night, laying, me laying on the couch, deciding that instead of suppressing my cramps, with yeah, I could have done it with Advil or Midal or I could have done it with Cramp Bark, but I didn't suppress it, I said I'm going to listen, I'm going to listen. So. Healing yourself means listening. And so many patients I've seen healed themselves because they learned to take their health in their own hands. They decided to heal themselves that they're that they're in the driver, they're in the driver's seat in their life. So many people put their doctor into the driver's seat. They don't know how their body works. Most women could not describe to you what happens to their hormones and what a cycle it really is. They don't understand it. They go to the doctor for them to fix it. Instead of learning themselves and how their hormones work and what they can do for themselves. So all these other things, these tools, I love using the herbs. I love giving myself, putting oils in the body. I like doing castor oil packs. I love taking my supplements. I love cooking healthy food. But this is, I don't have to do all that. I didn't have to. I didn't have to do any of it because the minute I just listened, my body, my soul was so happy that someone paid attention and started listening. And then I learned to speak up because I had doormat training growing up. I was raised to be a doormat like my mother. God bless her soul. She's passed on. And I don't mean to insult her by calling her a doormat, but it's the truth. She was a domestic slave in a doormat and nobody asked her how she felt about anything. So I had to learn to speak, which was, was the hardest thing. I couldn't speak up for myself. I couldn't tell a guy, listen calm down. I don't like this or don't do that. It's really hard. It's hard for men. It's hard for women. And, but the main thing was taking a break. So many women can't stop having sex. They have one boyfriend after another and they don't, I think the most powerful thing a woman can do is to be celibate and to be alone and to learn to cultivate her own strength. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. So think about that. Think about, I, I, I feel so sad when I see so many women that tell me they miss three days of work and take shots of alcohol, drugs, and all this stuff just to shut off what's happening. There has to be a major disconnect in, in, in the soul, you know. And, and, and for, maybe, maybe you're not interested in digging into your consciousness or doing what we call mind-body medicine or soul searching. But I don't know, to me it beats being left out of life. You know, what if that three days happens when you're supposed to go on a vacation to the islands or something, or you have to be lecturing or doing something really important. You know, I learned to actually, after, during that, the retreat time that after I listened to my body, I started to feel bliss during my period. I I mean, on the other side of pain is bliss. I've dealt with helped a lot of people heal pain and pain is a difficult thing. But so many times, uh, when when I've seen people in pain where nothing works, even morphine, like they're dying or they have some injury or something happens. Calm down, honey. Calm down, you little impatient thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? So I've had people just through their thought processes transform pain and get rid of pain. So on the other side of pain is bliss. So I look forward to those three days. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to cook. And I opened the door one day and my friends brought, there were flowers and food there. I let myself receive. I let myself be nurtured, which a woman should do. But anyway, so after that, I never had a cramp ever again for, I don't know. I just went into menopause, which was the most amazing thing. I feel amazing. I had a bliss time through menopause. So when we, uh, you know, and I think that more women, I don't know. I want to hear from you. If you've healed yourself like this, and if you've learned to enjoy being woman and the cycles of the woman and the transformations, I want to hear from you. I want you to share your story with me. I want you to email me or call me. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm starting this membership site to create a community of people and, and who want to heal themselves naturally, who are tired of suppressing what their body's saying, taking drugs and medications when they know that there's a different way. So... After that, like like I said, I never so much as even felt a w- inkling of pain in my body ever again. I think that's really amazing. I was just really so happy, so happy, and never had a problem like that again. So think about that. Think about that. All I do is I offer tools. I teach tools, and I think of it, I, I tell people it's like a buffet. You get a buffet, and you like the pate and the hummus, but you don't like the sandwich or whatever. So... These are my tools. And you might say, like, I don't like essential oils, or I don't want to take this awful tasting herb. Well, fine, work on your diet. Get spend some time alone. Work on your consciousness. There's just tools and I'm sharing them. So I hope that this stimulated some thinking in your mind as a woman, like what it means to be a woman and how you want to be supported and how you want to live your life. And I enjoy being feminine feminine. I enjoy taking time for myself. I don't want to be like, a man and a woman's body I want to be able to love who I am to be who I am and to celebrate it and to nurture myself so that's why I like to share recipes and tips and tools because my greatest joy is to see other women heal themselves other men heal themselves but especially women and guys if you listen to this to help your woman and for women to be able to enjoy being in your body and to enjoy your cycle as something that's blissful to celebrate, and that's honoring and sacred. So that's my story. And and get in touch. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment if it stimulated some thinking in your mind. Okay.